Welcome to the Zen Teacher Experience, where educators learn to create focus, simplicity, and tranquility in the classroom. Here's your host, Dan Tricarico. Hello and welcome to the Zen Teacher Experience. I'm your host, Dan Tricarico, your go-to guy for teacher wellness. Now, if you listen to the first episode, which was my statement of principles, you'll probably recognize that it was pretty scripted because it was my first episode. I wanted to get it right. I, I just wanted to figure out what I was doing and make sure I said everything just so. Um, but I'm going to try to move more into a more spontaneous, uh, impromptu kind of um, experience where I'm just kind of chatting with you. So this episode is gonna be kind of a back and forth on that. Uh, there's gonna be a little just extemporaneous talking and then there's gonna be some scripted stuff. But I think what I want you to know, and I'm only gonna say this once, is, is my old drama teacher said, uh, never apologize for a performance. So I'm just gonna share with you this one thought one time is uh, because my uh, studio is currently my garage, you might hear coughs, you might hear pages turning, you might hear barking dogs, you might hear my water heater gurgling and popping. I, I don't know what you're gonna hear, but um, but hopefully that won't deter you from the great ideas that, that um, you might be hearing here and that you might be able to use. So just bear with me. And, um, and know that that might happen throughout until, until I can kind of get a handle on this. So um, I want this episode to be about how did I get here? How did all of this start? And why am I even talking to you about self-care? And um, it goes back, the, the story of this goes back about 10 years. And I was heading toward burnout. I was kind of looking around and seeing a lot of other teachers um, melting down and burning out. And I just knew I needed to do something. And I remember one time specifically that uh, I was sitting at my desk in my classroom and the vice principal was there. And we were talking about um, this, this student who, uh, who the, the nicest way I can put it is the, the way I put it to her, which is his presence in my classroom was unsustainable. Um, you know, we used to have a policy where if they got three referrals is what we call them, you know, disciplinary actions, three referrals, they were removed from the classroom and put somewhere else. But currently, at the time, about 10 years ago, there, you know, as, as the vice principal said to me, there just wasn't anywhere else to put him. And, and I get that, but that doesn't mean that, that the classroom teacher or the other students should suffer because that's going on. So I was sitting there at the desk with my head in my hands and uh, the vice principal kind of, you know, looked at me and said, what's wrong, Danny? What's going on? And I said, oh. I'm just so stressed and I'm just so overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. And she leaned in and she said, well, you know, we do have an EAP program. And the EAP stands for Employee Assistance Program. And it was the mental health branch of our benefits, of our, of our insurance health plan. And I looked up from my, my head being in my hands and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Now, I want to back up a second and say, I'm a huge fan of therapy. I love therapy. I call therapy the uh, the emotional gym because that's where I work out. You should be able to go to therapy in the same way that you go to a doctor if you have, uh, um, you know, like a bronchitis or you know, or a broken arm. You should just be able to go and take care of things. You know, mind, body, spirit. It's all connected. There should be no stigma and no problem. My joke is I've had uh, more therapists than girlfriends, and I'm sure there's no connection, but. I looked at her and, and, I, and I, I didn't take it out on her because she was a lovely woman, very sweet lady. But I said, I, I just thought that the fact that you're suggesting that I need therapy because the system is broken, that's infuriating. And that was kind of when I knew 
I, I couldn't rely on the system. I couldn't, the system wasn't going to fix the problem of the stress and the overwhelm that I was feeling as a classroom teacher and that were driving these other teachers kind of out of the, um, the classroom. So I thought I'm gonna to have to do this myself. And the best way I can kind of explain uh, what happened is I, I was taking a walk one day, probably trying to deal with all the mental health stuff that was going on in, in me and all of the stress I was feeling. And, and I, I thought, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And I just thought, gosh, you know, it's almost like you need to be a Zen teacher these days. And, and then I stopped and then I realized, wait, that's, that's it. That's the thing. You know, and it was one of those aha moments where this concept jumped, jumped into my brain. I think I was supposed to have it. And I went home from that walk and I immediately set up a, a cheesy website. And, uh, and here's, here's one of the reasons I know that this is what I was meant to do and, and why this has become a new calling for me. Because in 2014, the domain name thezenteacher.com was available. I mean, how is that even possible, right? Uh, there are all kinds of monks teaching actual Zen, and you know, why don't they have that that domain name? But but it was just kind of cosmically left open for me to use it, starting in 2014, and I, I now will own that domain until I die. But you know, um, but I, it was available in 2014, which I still cannot believe. So I got it, and and I I I started that website and I started blogging, and and um, through the miracle of you know, the 21st century and social media, I started pushing my blog posts out on Twitter and um, teachers responded and they said, you know, uh, hey, you know, you're not the only one who's going through this. So that that really showed me that there was a need. It showed me that, um, you know, there was something here to talk about. And uh, and so that's kind of how it started. And I think from there, the best way to, to um, share with you what happened is to read you the introduction of my book, uh, Sanctuary Self-Care Secrets for Stressed Out Teachers, where I talk about uh, why I set this up and why I feel that there is a need. So this is kind of the scripted part of this episode, and I hope you'll bear with me. I just think it's the best way. I just want to get this down for posterity so that you can listen to it and you'll see why I'm doing what I'm doing. Here we go. The introduction is called, Why is Self-Care Important for Teachers? When my wife and I met for the first time, she said, you're one of the most relaxed people I've ever met. Fast forward 10 years and that wasn't true anymore. I was married, had a mortgage, was raising two kids and was over a decade into my teaching career. By that point, I felt much more anxious and stressed out about everything. 10 more years of life and mounting stress passed. Our family was dealing with serious health problems, my marriage was going through a rough patch and the education profession had gone a little nutty. The testing machine was out of control. Class sizes were enormous. I had 40 students in nearly every class, and the budget for supplies and materials was minuscule. It seemed that year by year, we received less and less support from our administration, the district, and the state. During that time, I watched some of the most excellent teachers around me melt down, burn out, and leave the profession. In my department alone, we lost three teachers within the space of a couple years. One day, a good teacher friend of mine asked me to cover her class while she spent the period sobbing in the bathroom. At the end of the year, she transferred to another school where she now serves as the librarian. The good news is that she ultimately found a way to cope and is much happier. Another woman walked out one day and called in the next morning and said she wasn't coming in. We never saw her again. Let me turn the page here. Finally, one of the greatest teachers I've ever known put himself in a situation where he had to be escorted from the classroom. Six years later, he died of a heart attack at the age of 49. 
To be fair, he had his own personal demons, but I also know he was a visionary. I believe he saw where education was going, didn't like what he saw, and took the only way out he could see. I miss him to this day, and much of what I do in the classroom is still influenced by his amazing work. Losing him was a blow to education and to the, ed and to the students who would never have him as a teacher. This book is dedicated to him. Before too long, the time came when I could see myself heading into the same direction as these teachers. Things got so bad, in fact, that I went through a period of clinical depression. I was prescribed Welbutrin, Zoloft, and Lexapro, none of which helped very much. I did come up with a commercial and slogan for Lexapro, however. Imagine me holding the little brown pill bottle and looking into the camera, saying in my best broadcaster voice, Life blow? Lexapro! But in all seriousness, with the world crashing down around my colleagues and me, I thought, I can't do this. I have 10 more years. I have to stick it out. I have to find some way to keep my sanity and make it to retirement. Teaching is the best thing. This I'm just taking a side note here and say, teaching is the best thing I could think to do. It's the, no, the most noble profession on the planet. And, I, and, and I, teachers are my, my heroes. But I wasn't sure how I was going to make it to retirement at that point. Okay, back to the book. Changing careers wasn't an option. For one thing, I wasn't even sure I had, had any other marketable skills. I was over 50, and I knew I wasn't going back to school to become a doctor or a lawyer. So I had to find a way to make it work. More importantly, I've loved every minute of teaching, and I didn't want to stop. At a loss for what to do and where to turn, my mind wandered back to my days as a drama major and acting student. Our professors taught us that actors needed to be in a state of, quote, relaxed preparedness, end quote, meaning that you were calm, but you were ready to go. You were relaxed, but you were ready to perform. To get into that state of being, we did all of these funky breathing, relaxation, and meditation exercises. I always joke that I do five shows a day. As educators, we are always, quote unquote, on. Creating a state of relaxed preparedness was exactly what I needed. I'd also been interested in Zen, Eastern philosophy, and mindfulness. So applying this approach of meditation and purposeful relaxation to my teaching practice suddenly seemed like a good fit. I started a blog called The Zen Teacher about how to use these techniques. Honestly, the blog started as a way for me to write down some reminders for myself. But when I promoted the blog, teachers responded to the message. Realizing that others might benefit from this approach, I wrote a book called The Zen Teacher, Creating Focus, Simplicity, and Tranquility in the Classroom, which covered how to be relaxed and prepared and ready to perform. My timing was pretty good because mindfulness was just emerging as a technique to use in education. Like actors, teachers are significantly more effective when they are relaxed, present in the moment, not preoccupied with the past or the future, and ready to perform. That's the most important thing, that they're ready to perform. The truth is, I'm still not as relaxed as the day I met my wife, but since writing The Zen Teacher and practicing its concepts, I definitely feel calmer and happier than I have been for the last two decades, and I'm much less worried about how I will survive my job and make it to retirement. In the process of becoming a Zen teacher, I've learned a few more things about myself, this profession, and how we all can experience life and teaching from a happier, less stressed, and more peaceful state. And as with my previous book, the state begins with a focus on self-care, something educators tend to neglect. If the Zen teacher reminds you to take care of yourself, this book, Sanctuaries, shows you how. You've heard the saying, you can't pour from an empty cup? Well. Teachers are such beautiful people, such givers and servers, 
that they completely empty their cup and then, if it will help a student, a colleague, or a member of their own family, they will gladly give over their cup as well. In this book, you will learn why you need to take back your cup. Your well-being and the success of your students relies in many ways on your ability to thrive, not simply survive. In the pages that follow, I'll share practices and strategies for relaxation, mindfulness, and self-care that will equip you to experience life from a place of relaxed preparedness, mindfulness, and strength. While you're at it, I want to show you how to fill your cup with the things that you love so that you can give more without depleting your resources. A sanctuary is a place of rest and refuge, of safety and sanity, and often of the sacred and the holy. While there's no objective absolute answer to what a sanctuary is, we can discover what that word means to us through some simple practices and strategies. To that end, I've included activities throughout the book to help you do just that. Once you pass through the threshold of developing your own sanctuaries, the rest is up to you. So that was the introduction to my book. And the part I really want to reemphasize is that if the Zen teacher book reminded you to take care of yourself, Sanctuary shows you how. There are actionable, practical strategies that I'll be sharing in this podcast about how to do that. And they, there's a little bit of woo, and I'm not a huge woo guy, but there's a little bit of woo because mind, body, and spirit are all connected. But it was really important to me as a teacher. We know in the classroom you need actionable, practical strategies and tools that students can use and apply right now. So that's what I'm uh, going to try to give you in this podcast. So that's kind of why I'm here, how this whole thing started, and uh, a little bit about where I'm going to be going. So that's all for now, Zen teachers. This is Dan Tricarico, and this has been the Zen Teacher Experience. Thanks for listening, and please remember that you are okay exactly the way you are, and you have more power than you think. Take care. I'll see you next time. Hey, this is Dan. If you enjoyed this episode and want to go deeper, why not go to Amazon right now and pick up one of my books, The Zen Teacher, Creating Focus, Simplicity, and Tranquility in the Classroom, or Sanctuaries, Self-Care Secrets for Stressed Out Teachers. You can also find great online self-care courses taught by me at the Zen Teacher Online Academy, which can be found at www.zenprocourses.com. That's www.zenpro courses.com. Thanks for all you do for your students, and remember to take care of yourself. We need you.